The Night Shift, episode 81. Lots to talk about over the course of the weekend, despite there only being one game for the London Knights to get back into the win column and a milestone, of course, on Friday nights. Kyle Gamard, Mike Stubbs, your host as always for the Night Shift, where you can follow us all along on any platform you listen to your podcast, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Megaphone, globalnews.ca, all of the uh, fun stuff. Uh, you can follow Stubbs on social media at Stubbs980, myself at Kyle Gramard, and Mike. Let's get right into it. Milestone night, Friday night, the London Knights hosting the Ottawa 67s. We talked about it on the last podcast before the weekend. For some reason, these two, when these two teams meet, it just brings an elevation of everybody's game and almost like a get right game for the London Knights. And lo and behold, it happens again, a three to two overtime victory. Dale Hunter's 908th win as a head coach. Congratulations to Dale Hunter. We'll tell some Dale Hunter stories on the podcast today, but the Knights came out hard and you have to against Ottawa. They're a team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. The Knights overcame a goal against going off a stick through the legs of Michael Simpson. And then the other Ottawa goal goes in off a skate. It was not an easy night. It was not an easy win for the Knights, but they came out and set a physical tone. Max McHugh was outstanding in the opening period. Just on the forecheck, he forced a turnover and set up the first goal just a little bit into the game. The Knights got a lot of shots at Ottawa. That's not easy. And they scored three goals on Colin McKenzie. And that's not easy. This guy's goals against average coming into the game was under two. And so he's a very good goaltender. His goals against average last year was under two. And that's a lot of his ability. It's the way Ottawa plays. And Easton Cowan has another night. A goal and two assists caps it off with the overtime winner. Barkey coming to center. Pass to Easton Cowan. Knights changing. Barkey and Bonk go off. Here is Cowan. Ahead to McHugh. McHugh moving into Cowan in front. Shoot! Score! Easton Cowan! And the London Knights have beaten the 67s. And Dale Hunter is now in second place overall in all-time coaching wins in the Ontario Hockey League with 908. And a goal that kind of rolled off McKenzie and in. And that gives Dale Hunter number 908. So takeaways from the game. You said it, Kyle. It was the game that the Knights wanted to go out and perform as well as they did. And they went out and they did just that. So right there, that leaves you feeling good. And what did we say going in? If you don't get the win, then you've got to go through an entire other week with a three-game lose streak they did not want that and now they get set for three games in three days this coming weekend feeling much better and they should be for how they played yeah absolutely and you're so right Mike about you know if they don't get the win then you've got to wait a week and people are asking questions at practice you know I was on the bench with Max talking about that Max McHugh and I brought up you know the elusive win for Dale Hunter 908 and he just had this smirk on his face because it's been talked about in the locker room maybe not with Dale maybe even not with Mark but you know the guys in the locker room have known about it, had circled it on their calendars. And, you know, they wanted to get that win for Dale. And you could tell how hard they played. You know, they outshot Ottawa throughout the course of the game. They were physical. They set a tone, a big game by Easton Cowan, but, you know, a big game by a lot of of guys too. And you also felt it with the crowd, the intensity as the game wore on, as 
Ottawa went in and tied the game at two. You felt it kind of tighten a little bit and the crowd got amped and excited. And then Cowan squeaks one by in overtime and everybody erupts. You hear, you feel the, the, the fresh of breath air afterwards, knowing that they've got the win. And, you know, it was a special moment for not just, you know, the coaches, but it was for the players too. It was. And I think everybody who's had a chance to see what happened in the dressing room after got the opportunity to really get a picture of how much this meant for the team to have Dale Hunter move into second place all time in coaching victories in the Ontario Hockey League. We can't show you the video on a podcast, but nope. we can play the audio. The dressing room after the fact, the London Knights, Dale Hunter pretending to kind of go away to his coach's office. And then he comes back and he gets the water showers. And so the guys wanted that for him and to be able to go out and get it. And these moments are they're great because not every season is going to present you with these little bits of pressure. And this was a pressure amongst the players. You want to make sure you get this victory. This is pressure amongst the players in that you want to make sure that you avoid a three-game losing streak, that you can go out and say, all right, the last two games haven't gone our way for whatever reason. Here's what we do. Here's what we tweak. And off we go. And this is still a win that came without a power play goal. And the power play is something that on this team is going to be a factor. Right now, it's not producing a lot of goals, but it will because of all of the weapons that the Knights have. So that's something that they have in their pocket. Going out and getting a win over the Ottawa 67s and not having to use special teams, that's big too. It really is, especially with all the weapons from this team and and how uh, you know how aggressive and how strong they can be on the power play. So for them to go out and be able to score five on five goals for them to be able to go out and, and grit a three to two victory against a good team. And, you know, we've talked about it in years past, Mike, a win against this good Ottawa team and this structured Ottawa team seems to have in the past propelled London to take that step and really grow their game and excel. And, you know, hit another gear. Maybe we see that, especially as the games start going on as well. But, you know, you mentioned it with, with the Knights being able to celebrate and, and get that one out. You always want to be able to celebrate the little, little things like that and the milestones because it's a long season. There's a lot of travel. There's going to be three games and three day weekends. There is a lot of grind that goes into a regular season before the playoffs even begin. So being able to celebrate moments like this along the way, just make it that much more special. Oh, yeah. And you have the pressure you put on yourself and then you achieve that goal. And again, that's hard to mimic, but that's like winning a playoff series where you go out and you have to win a game. You want to win a game and you go out and you win that game. So that's big. Kyle, we need to take some time and just appreciate 908 wins for Dale Hunter. And we've talked about some of those monumental moments on past shows. We've talked about winning Memorial Cups. And we've talked about Dale Hunter leading Canada to gold at the World Junior Hockey Championship with Mark Hunter, with other members of the staff. There were six night staff members on that team. Incredible. And I guess you, you count players as well, but six members of the Knights organization on that team. 
but we haven't really gone back to the very beginning. And Jim Van Horn brought up a story after the game on After the Buzzer on Friday night, after the Knights had beaten Ottawa 3-2. to And it was a story that actually went back quite a few years. Before Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter owned the London Knights, it went back to a scout with the Washington Capitals by the name of Hugh Rogers. So picture this, Hugh Rogers says these words, and I'll put some context to it, but these are the words that he used. He said, if I was starting a junior hockey team tomorrow, I would pick Dale Hunter as my head coach. And you would think, well, of course you would. One day he'll win 908 games in the (laughs) Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, that's not a big stretch. When Hugh Rogers said those words, Dale Hunter was still playing in the National Hockey League. That's how long ago he said those words. But he had felt in watching Dale with younger players, and there was a point at Dale's career when he knew that, yeah, he was into his 30s, and instead of just saying, yeah, I'm in my 30s, I'll just you know ride out the rest of my 19-year career, he was a factor wherever he could be. And this is you know a great description of Dale. He's a factor wherever he can be, even now, in helping people to be better. And so he was working with the younger players on the ice. He was, you know, instructing where he could because he had a wealth of knowledge and very few people, if any, understand the game within the game like Dale Hunter. So if he can impart that knowledge, here's the game within the game. Here are things you're going to experience. And that's the kind of stuff that he was doing. And yet that went under the radar. It wasn't like that was a front page story anywhere. And so that information was there. And now we can go back and talk about Hugh Rogers and and what he said, because it was so prophetic. But when Mark and Dale Hunter first purchased the London Knights, you had Mark who immediately went in as general manager, but Dale Hunter was just finishing his career. He'd done a year of scouting. He was certainly there working with the team. He was the president of the organization, but it hadn't been decided that he was going to coach or manage or do any of those roles. Right now, he was the president of the organization. And then the Knights decided to make a coaching change. And I can remember they were, in a way, there was this little period of time where you didn't know who the next coach was. And I was actually working and there was a knock at the back door. And this is getting later on in the afternoon, a knock at the back door. And somebody said, hey, you know, Mark and Dale Hunter are down in the lobby. So I went down and they were holding a press release and Dale had this little twinkle in his eye. And whenever there's something about to happen, Dale gets this twinkle in his eye that you 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 notice And it was, you know, it it was a press release that they hadn't shown to me. And Mark said, who do you think the next coach of the London Knights is going to be? And I don't always, you know, put two and two together very quickly. So I immediately thought, well, even though Dale's got a twinkle in his eye, Mark, you have the coaching experience. It's got to be you. You know, you're going to step behind the bench. And Dale said, nope, it's going to be me. And from there this incredible journey began where the first game that he coached was a 4-4 tie. And very quickly, he began to install things and the team began to play, you know, a a good defensive style. The team began to, to do those little things, those games within the game. 
And I think the best thing to look at is that first playoff run that Dale Hunter ever had as head coach. Because when the games get big, he finds a way to make his teams even bigger. And here's what I mean by that. The first year that the London Knights went into the playoffs with Dale Hunter as their head coach, they were the eighth seed. And this was a club that when Mark and Dale Hunter purchased it, they were filling out that roster. I mean, this was not a deep roster. They were making trades and picking up players from other teams that had been cut by those teams. And those were the players who made that foundation of the London Knights in the early 2000s. And so they got into the playoffs as an eighth seed, took on a number one seed Plymouth Whaler team, Stephen Weiss, Chad LaRose. They would go on and play in the National Hockey League. So would Damian Surma, James Wisniewski, Greg Campbell was on that team. And he went on to a tremendous Ontario Hockey League career, son of Colin Campbell from Tilsonburg. And so they had a really, really good team. And the London Knights ended up beating them. And the London Knights ended up beating them in six games. And that was Dale Hunter. And then the next series was against a team that would ultimately win the OHL championship. And you had Brad Boys and Brandon Cullen, who was this monster, and Corey Pecker, who was a really good offensive player and junior. And on defense, you had Carlo Koliakovo. And the Knights pushed that team all the way to a sixth game into overtime at what was the London Ice House. Carlo Koliakovo scored in overtime on a deflection and ended up ending that season. But players have talked about that since. And the Knights had a very young Corey Perry on that team. And they had a very young Dylan Hunter on that team. They had guys who would become stars for them. But they were just young players. And you had uh, an opportunity to take this juggernaut of a team all the way to a sixth game. And the players will will wonder always what would have happened. Chris Houle is making saves, you know, four saves in a row. And the, the last puck is hitting him on the back of his leg. He had bruises on the backs of his legs because he was making so many saves, just kind of scrambling around in the net. The puck would just hit him. What if that series had gone back to Erie? You know, the pressure would have been on the Otters. Would the Knights have been able to knock them off? Maybe. But that was what Dale Hunter brought to this team. There was this belief in what you could do and that nothing was too big. And and we've seen that ever since. But those first moments and, and those first seasons don't get talked about a lot. The next year, he faced Kyle Wellwood in the playoffs with the Windsor Spitfires. And Kyle Wellwood was so shifty. And, and so he said, well, just lie down in front of him around the crease because he can't go around six foot of human. And the Knights won that series. And then I think about a series that they won when they were facing Dylan Strom and the Erie Otters, where he said, you know, let, let's force Dylan Strom to chip the puck in and go after it. And I think we can get to the puck first. And the Knights ended up winning that series. These little things that he notices. And, you know, yes, the players execute and he'll make, you know, complete points of this is on the players. They have to execute. And yes, they do. But the little things that he notices that give them those advantages are often the times and the things that give the Knights the advantages and enough advantages to win games and win series and win championships. And we have seen that time in and time again with Dale and the London Knights organization and what he has instilled and what has become of this franchise and 
it's funny. It's dynasty almost doesn't seem to put it in perspective because normally when you compare a dynasty, you look at it maybe in like a four, five, six, seven year run. This has been decades long of consistency, excellence, dominance at times, a team of the century, multiple OHL championships, countless divisional titles, and a legacy that will almost certainly be unmatched once it has come and gone. But let's not look past that because it's still continuing to go right now. And there's still a lot of games ahead for the hunters to be uh, around this team, to be coaching and to be um, continuously leaving their mark. And it's just, it's a pleasure to watch and to see I, we were watching the, uh, the hockey game on the weekend between the, the, uh, the Maple Leafs and the Nashville predators. And a friend of mine was texting me, Mike, and saying, how many London Knights, former <laughs> players, are currently in this game? And I think we counted like six players between Evangelista and Tavares and Domi and Marner. And it's just... You're just and Liam Foodie was in the game, too. Liam Foodie was there. And it was just all of these players coached under Dale Hunter and brought up through this system and what they have become now at the national hockey league level as professionals speaks volumes to where you went all back to talking about that story about who they, who anybody would want coaching a junior team. And it was Dale Hunter while he was still a player. Mm -hmm. And that's where it all began in a way. And how prophetic is that? And, you know, it should be a headline. Now we should give that credit all the way through to Hugh Rogers for recognizing, yeah, this is the guy who is going to be able to make a difference for young players. And he certainly has. The London Knights started this year with, I think it was 27 former players on National Hockey League rosters. And I think... Now, I think we can add another one because Connor McMichael has been called up to Washington. So usually fluctuates around that, but it is usually three and a half to four times what it should be based on the average number of players. And it's all it's drafting. And so you've got to throw Mark Hunter into this. And, you know, the rest of the organization, Rob Simpson and the scouting staff and the other coaches in Dylan Hunter and Rick Stedman. You've got to throw the entire organization in what Bob Martin and Dean Patterson and Chris Matten mean to the organization. And there's there's a lot of consistency to the organization. And there's a lot of, hey, this is this is how this organization runs. And then you just go out and do what they're doing because they're very, very good at it. But a couple of early Dale Hunter stories on the podcast. Kyle, before we close out, I talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, but I'm still watching it. I'm feeling for the Saginaw spirit. I really am. And I, I know that they'll get untracked and nobody should worry right now. They are 1-5-0-1 oh, in their last seven games. They've won one game in their last seven. And this is the team that is hosting the Memorial Cup. And I hope that they find a way to take the pressure off that organization because Hosting is different and they've got a, a TV show or in this case, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a stream that they do a show that's streamed on the OHL website and it follows around the team. There are these, these distractions. There's this knowledge that you are going to be in the Memorial Cup. So you have to be good at the same time, you know, that you're going to be in the Memorial Cup. So, you know, it almost takes off some of the heat and it's a really 
difficult thing for young hockey players to deal with. And it's just part of what the Memorial Cup is. You have to have a host. Uh, they've established that. They've had a host for a very, very long time. And this is just a, a difficult start for the spirit. Seeing their roster, seeing how they play, seeing how they come at you, the way that they're coached and managed, they have every ingredient you would want to have. And so I hope this little stretch doesn't get to them too much because it's just a thing that you've got to go through as a host team. And ultimately, you'll figure it out. You'll be ready to host and and you can go from there. And, you know, there's no guarantees for anything because hosting the Memorial Cup means bringing in three champions and you've got to go head to head to head with all of them. And you hope that you're one of them. That's a, a really hard thing to do. The Kitchener Rangers and the London Knights are the last two teams to do it. Kitchener toward the end of uh, of the 2000s and 2008 and the London Knights in 2005 hasn't happened since then. So the spirit won five zero and one, but nobody look at them and say, hey, that's the host team. What's going on there? I think they're going to be fine. But this is just learning what it takes to be under the microscope that you're under and deal with that big carrot in the future that is we're going to do this we have to be ready and and not that the knights hosted last year but similarly the knights i think won one in their first five games last year before kind of riding the ship and getting back on track and like you said there's there's too much skill on the Saginaw spirit there's a reason that they're going to be hosting there is a lot of talent there and I think that at some point they do turn a corner or maybe even the organization makes a move to help improve them as well but I the last thing you do in junior hockey is write a team off after seven games it's just, it's just not what you do yeah, no, you don't look at a seven-game sample and say this is them, and uh, and it isn't. So don't worry about the spirit. They'll be fine. The London Knights, they get set for three games in three days. They'll take on Brantford on Friday night at Budweiser Gardens, and then they will go to Owen Sound, and then they have a home game against the Kitchener Rangers. So a loaded weekend. Owen Sound has started to play better. Kitchener has just been good all year. And the Brantford Bulldogs are a team that brings in a couple of former London Knights who always get up for games against London. So we'll preview all of that a little later on this week. Yep, looking forward to it, Mike. And again, we'll do a preview like you mentioned, and you can follow us if you want to listen to any other episodes on our platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Enjoy the rest of the week, Mike. We'll talk Thursday.